Hey, all right, this is Tim Crisp, and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Brendan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I'm okay, Tim. As we talked about in the pre-production meeting, I made the classic rookie mistake of shaving my two-years-old beard in the midst of a pandemic as a middle-aged man, and um, the results are not totally satisfying to me, but... uh, Really have no choice uh, other than to just sit here and look weird. Big time disagreement on my end. I feel like you haven't looked this good since August of 1995 when Rancid released their third album, And Out Come the Wolves. Goddamn, it was great having your buddy and my best friend, Dan Andriano on the podcast the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Talking about that European tour. That shit was so much fun. So fun. And, um, you know, it was, it's really fun to relive it too, because, um, as I said, you know, numerous times during that, um, series of episodes, um, that's really like the most fun tour I've ever been on. And so any chance to sort of like relive it is great. And, the thing is, I'd love to do something like that again, but like you can't go home again. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it would not be. It's like that scene in Groundhog's Day where like, the one time like him and Andy McDowell get into the snowball fight, and then they end up like kind of like looking wistfully at each other's eyes, and then he tries to like recreate it the next day. You know, <laughs> and it's just like really <laughs> creepy and fucked up. Any kids up for adoption? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's not lost on me. So it was it was really nice to be able to relive that whole thing with with Dan and with you, and with all of you lovely listeners out there. I've been catching up on they come to America. Some very fun stuff happening in North Carolina. Yes, and North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, we did North Dakota with uh, Jason Weiss again, and then uh, who's the only person I know from either Dakota. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's, um, I think he's only like one of four people up there. Yeah. And then, um, and then we had Mike Casey, magician to the stars, magic Mike Casey, um, on for North Carolina. I mean, he really does. He does like Cheryl Crow's birthday parties and he does Dirk Bentley's birthday parties and stuff like that. Man, I would love to hang out with Dirk Bentley on his birthday. Yeah, you know he's just drunk on that plane. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike is really awesome, and he his magic is like sincerely next level shit. Like terrifying. Like like he took a page out of a book and he burned it until it was like ash. And then he had me stab the book, and he had me um, pick a word. You know, mm-hmm. and it could be any word. And I picked like, you know, like debutante or something like that. And then like he kind of uh-huh. like burned the rest of the book. And then like he had the book still and like he opened it up and like where the knife had stuck all the way through. It was like the burned page that had been like burned to ash was back in the book. <laughs> and then it was like the knife was right in the word that I had picked, which was an ob- obscure word like Right. I'm sure 
that technically there's a way to do that without being like legitimately magic, but I sure as fuck don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I'm like even if he like seeded the word, you know, like he like did like some sort of like light form hypnosis to get me to say mm-hmm. like whatever word it was I said. It wasn't actually debutante, but it was something along those lines. It was not right. Um, and for one thing, I don't think I'm that. Everybody says that though, right? I'm not that susceptible to hypnosis it's like mm, well i got some news for you dipshit uh but so I, i'm gonna take that back but um uh like he could have seeded the word i suppose technically he could kind of like in a weird way guide where i stabbed uh-huh. i don't know how that would work though and and then the fire is like a misdirection, like this is not actually what's going on kind of thing, I guess. But yeah, the, for but sure. But the page was like burnt. I don't know, man. The whole thing was <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, but enough of the riveting guy discussing a magic <laughs> trick on a podcast <laughs> that you're not even around to see. Um <laughs> Yeah, so th- that was that was great. It, it was really fun to have him on, and he told some really good stories. And uh, we had some stories, too. And it's the first episode we've had to divide into two parts. So uh, go go wherever you get your podcast. Looking forward to part two. I had Tristan Jemsik from Dog Breath, Asian Man Records Band, and uh, Carl Kuhn of Museum Mouth, and gave me on better yet the past couple weeks it's been good great we got a patreon patreon.com slash better sandwich where it's like we're we're conversing with the stars that's right over there i had mikey ergon a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. fucking hang out talk about the goddamn simpsons tacos Mm mm-hmm yeah and then you know i get to talk to Tim Crisp, legendary podcaster. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Did a little 22 short films about Springfield this week. Which short film? <laughs> Go over to patreon.com slash better sandwich to find out. Oh, yeah. It's only seven bucks a month. Helps us do the thing. And this week we're doing the rancid thing. And out come the wolves. Album number three. Brennan, we know that you were a big Op Ivy fan. That's correct. When did you first hear Rancid? That's so funny. The first time, okay, so we were at slapstick practice, and all of a sudden, um, somebody's like, oh my God, it's the guy from Operation Ivy's new band. You know, um, it's like, Mm-hmm. They're coming to town, and I couldn't go for whatever reason. I think because it was like I was just too far away from where I lived, and mm-hmm. I was still young. You know, I was sixteen or whatever, and um, and so like everybody went, and they were like, "Yeah, it was this band called Schlong. I guess it was the drummer of Operation Ivy, <laughs> which um, Schlong is fucking awesome." I love Schlong. Uh, mm-hmm. but I've never heard Schlong. Oh, dude. 
They're great. But it is not the same. <laughs> You're the ones who did Punk Side Story. Like, the, the, oh, okay, the only yeah. band yeah, to yeah. ever do West Side Story while completely wasted is what I believe the uh, sad guy is. I mean, that's like their thing. They were like, they were like wasteoids and like complete like ne'er-do-wells. Like they're, they had a great song called Piss in My Face. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a song called It Sucks to Be Fucked by Jesus. Um, and and, and, and they're really great. They're like hyper talented ma- musicians, and you almost said magicians. I did, I did. But they are, they were like magicians <laughs> in that they made their like awesome virtuosic playing sound like they were barely keeping it together. So <laughs> it mm-hmm. really was quite a, quite a thing. But then, um, like about. I don't know, maybe like a month later, it was like, oh no, the other, no, it's Lint's band from Operation Mm -hmm. Ivy. This band is coming to town. They're called Rancid, you know, and we like, we had, um, we got the seven inch before they came to town. The, I'm not the only one seven inch, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, that's just what I call it. It's self-titled, I guess. It's just got the, or maybe it's called I'm not the only one. But it's got the it's yeah, got like yeah. the Molotov cocktail on the cover, and, mm-hmm. and um, and we were like, "Damn, this band is fucking awesome!" What day's the show? Oh, it's the same day you've got a show in Woodstock, Illinois, at a fucking band show. So we didn't get to go to that shit. Um, <laughs> but we've been big fans ever since. I mean, at least I, I can't imagine that there's any of those guys are that. I would be like, well, no, I've outgrown rancid. <laughs> it seems ridiculous to me. Look, uh, just, uh, huh. <clears throat> you know, we're nineties fucking punk rock kids with ska influence, you know? So yeah, I think everybody, that's when I first heard rancid and that I'm not the only one song from the first seven. inch was very influential. I think we might've talked about this during the slapstick one. Yeah. You know, we, and then we got into like the, Fucking the first Rancid album, self-titled, and pretty fucking badass, that record. Um, yeah. And a little bit wild at the time. Like, just, it was like, uh, and because nobody was doing that, and this is so hard to say without it sounding fucking weird, it seemed kind of contrived. Uh-huh. Like it was like they're all like haze and oys and all this kind of shit, and it's like it didn't really occur to me that it's like that's the same tradition as fucking Sky as Operation Ivy, yeah. Like just like being a historian or like a a student of like what came before you, whatever. You know what I mean? But it's just like they emerged so fully formed, this like look and shit like that. And it's like if you look at Lint, who was Tim you know, when he was an off Ivy, mm-hmm. like the pictures inside, it's like, he's wearing like a, like a dad hat backwards. And like, you know, like a double XL white t-shirt, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like singing, like they call a scene, a called disaster. Got here. The kids grow up faster, you know? And then like, next time you see him, he's like in like a fucking ski hat and a leather jacket covered in spikes. And he's like, you know it's like what but sort of what happens between when you're like 16 and 22 (laughs) you know you you 
develop your own like thing. So, you know, and then once Let's Go came out, we were like, oh, never mind. Who cares? Like, this is the coolest shit I've ever heard. Totally. Like, Lars joins that band. And I think that Tim's songwriting is already on a massive ascending slope. Yeah. And Lars is just such a great lead guitar player. He adds so much to that band. And and it's crazy to think about how Let's Go is even, for me, trumped by And Out Come the Wolves pretty Oh, hard. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, like, Let's Go has got some, got some uh, moments that are truly awesome i mean like the song nihilism I mean, the first like five songs or something you know are yeah. like so fucking good and, and it, it's good you, you, but you know it's no outcome the wolves i mean like outcome the wolves starts and you're like that's eh, a little sheeny right like it's it's mm-hmm. like this is some real like major label sounded shit and then like by what 15 seconds in you're like never mind <laughs> this rules <laughs> and i think you know like i've gone on record and said and i, I believe this that i think it's the best outcome of the world is the best punk album of all time i think it's better than anything like by the ramones i think it's better than london calling i think like it might not be my favorite punk album of all time although it's up there but i think like when it comes to like representing the genre nothing else has done it like like this record would you say that this is the best record to ever come out on epitaph um gosh you're probably i mean no 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 control (laughs) i like more yeah um you know but like that's that's my that's like what i just like um no, I can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's no control. It's no control. <laughs> um, when this record came out, I was eight years old and I had a cool dad and a cool older cousin and they were both really into this band. So I was very lucky to like hear it when it came out and kind of grow up with it. Um, though it makes a lot of sense listening to it because Dookie kind of busted the door wide open for this band. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, I don't think it hurt that, like, they're... It's, like, hard to explain this because, like, this was kind of, like, pre-internet a little bit. I mean, I was a senior in high school in mm-hmm. 1995. Um, and, uh, and, like, his name was Tim Armstrong, you know? And everybody's like, oh my God, it's the brother of Billy Joe Armstrong. They're both right. from Berkeley, you know? And like every article would be like, no relation. And we'd be like, eh, that's not true. They're related. You know, and like, there was just like this sort of like weird wild mythos that like kind of like bled into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean. The fact that Billy Joe has a writing credit on radio doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, fuck. I mean, what a great album. What a great and band. 
and this was um a lot of this record references the fact that there's a major label bidding war going on i think maverick which was madonna's imprint yeah an offer out to them that was pretty big um and also this isn't jerry finn's follow-up to dookie but i mean the sound differences between this and let's go are certainly like tangible oh yeah like that jerry finn guitar sound yeah for sure and i mean i think isn't that what the title is even referencing and out come the wolves is like fully like ah here's all the major labels fucking yep. circling around us <laughs> you yep. know what i mean like um i mean if it's not uh just good accident <laughs> you know? totally now wikipedia says that it's a reference to uh, a Jim Carroll poem that's in the Basketball Diaries, though it's also that's also in the um, that's Jim Carroll actually saying right. it during Junkie Man. Yeah, um, but those two things need not be mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, to use a very myopic example, where I know for sure I know what I'm talking about. Oh, Calcutta is a reference to. Um, you know, just like fucking gay musical from the mm-hmm. 60s where all the dudes had their dicks out and stuff. And fucking, it's also a reference to like the squalor of Chicago and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever was going on here and like a Mother Teresa quote, you know? So it's like, um, just because it's like referencing one thing doesn't mean it's not about the other. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that they, it's that they became friends with Jim Carroll. He was recording in New York at the same time as, as they were. So it's a cool little, uh, little meeting of, I mean, some characters that seem very far apart, but I mean, Jim Carroll's just delivery on that poem on Junkie Man is so fucking dope. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, you're talking about a couple of real poets, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Lars is good, like, work today songwriter. He's got some really bright, shiny moments on here. I don't know how many of those Tim wrote for him. Some of them, I think, he did. Uh, but Tim's a fucking genius, man. And um, if I was either one of those dudes... Um, I would be like if I was Jim Carroll or, or if I was um, Tim Armstrong, I would be like, I would like to talk to you a little bit about <laughs> what you do. <laughs> you know, it would, it would just be really interesting. So, this record, I mean, starts out with Maxwell murder. It just comes in so fucking strong that bass which that bass tone i mean matt freeman was like kind of when when i was in high school and like starting to play in bands and stuff like that matt freeman was like the litmus test for how good like a bass player could be i knew this kid josh he could play maxwell murder the solo on bass so he claimed and right <laughs> but that yeah. bass tone also is so fat oh yeah boom doo 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 like right there, just like what a great what a great start to an album. 
And yeah, the tone is great. And then that's like a great example, like Lars kicking in there. Mm-hmm. I believe that Tim wrote that part. That's that sounds like Tim to me, but it's just like Tim, Tim figured it out, man. He figured out like that fucking dynamic on this record where if Lars starts singing, then his voice comes in. It just sounds so shredded and awesome by comparison, mm-hmm. you know, like that it, it just like creates this like dynamic that like they didn't really do before. But I mean, like, that's what we're going to do now. want you to visit him now. They're more good. No, You know, it's just like all of a sudden it's like complete fucking chaos. And that's like the, it's such a smart fucking technique for lack of a better term that he utilizes over and over again on this record to great effect. And, and he goes like both directions with it too. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's just like out of the gate. It's just like, we have figured out some shit. Like, it, it's just like, they, it was like, um, you, you know, it's like, uh Oh, happy Gilmore learned how to putt. <laughs> you know? Thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent so many of these songs are just like lars does four bars tim does four bars tim always is like answering to lars but also not like singing about what lars just sang about at all if you're looking at the (laughs) lyrics yeah yeah it's um it's a cool cool dynamic and it's really on display in this first song and you know, um, Steve, I don't know how you say his last name, the singer of the sidekicks. Seolik, yeah. Seolik, yeah. He can play this bass solo um, on the bass. And I've seen him actually do it while playing along to this song while his friends are moshing on the couch around him and he's like moshing with them. So he's not even like trying particularly hard to play it. And it's perfect. <laughs> so i mean if you needed any more evidence that that dude's a fucking genius than like the sidekicks albums uh look no further than this video that's probably very hard to find <laughs> <laughs> i said it before i'll say it again awkward breeds my favorite red scare industries release it is great unbelievable uh, the 11th hour always at, at this point it's just always interlocked with lazy boy yes right. yeah um yeah i mean like this is just a good like meat and potatoes like punk rock song it's like you kind of like get maxwell murder and it's like yeah here, here's like this is like the clash on a pretty good day you know mm-hmm. like it, it's like it, 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 it would this be like the best punk song on most other records yes yes um but on this it's just like almost like they're like look we know that first song was fucking insane and um you're, you're there's there's a big meal coming so here's a little sorbet right now <laughs> you know like yeah. it's like and i mean it's, it's a great it's a great fucking song um and like the the vocal delivery is so good starts as with you yeah I said starts as with you 
it's so good, man. Even before and, that, too, when he's like, you know, and who pulls the strings, like for as weird and like scratchy and guttural as his voice is, it's so emotive. Yeah. I love that. I mean, like, like what? Like, my jungle's made of concrete. Yeah, it's, it's just like mm-hmm. it's just like you're like, uh huh, yep. Now, yeah, I mean, it really is like it's got like a fucking almost like 1982 fucking Manhattan weird neighborhood back when there was still weird neighborhoods in Manhattan, like just like walking down the street in the hot summer sun kind of mm-hmm. vibe to it, mm-hmm. you know. It's just, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fucking cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have too much more to say about it. It's just like it's a song. It's all vibe. It's all vibe. Roots Radicals was the first single, and it totally, totally makes sense. I just love that. Like all these, all the choruses on this are just sounds like six people just singing along. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, this is a very big, big chorus. I mean, th- this was on something else, too. Um, oh, I think it was on the Roots Radical 7-inch. Mm-hmm. I believe that the B-side was radio, but it was a different version of both. Oh, interesting. Um, and there's at least 7-inches with different versions of both of these songs. And when we heard this this one... And he's like, Benzinato, he was down there. He was waiting for me. We were like, what the fuck is that? Like, why is he doing that shit now? You know, wasn't it good before? Like, I don't I don't understand what's going on. And, um, but this is a great example of, like, when Tim comes in and is just, like, going balls to the wall after, after, Lars's part is over, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, this shit is so good. Um, it's so cool how he just he drops so many reggae references like throughout this record too. Just Desmond Decker was playing and like Rivers of Babylon and shit like that. Yeah, I we he you know back in the day. He was known as Lint King of Ska. Um, that, that, there, there's an Operation Ivy 7-inch called that. And mm-hmm. when the first time we saw Rancid play, Matt Stamps from the Slapstick was like, dude, when he plays like the electric guitar, he's like hardly playing at all. It's just like he's like using his like like, like playing like power chords and stuff. It's like he, he barely plays. He's just like spinning around, um, you know, and it's just like he's using his like two fingers and it doesn't even seem like his guitar is really on. And then it gets to the Scott part and his whole fucking arm and shoulder like open up and like his body like moves with the whole thing. He really is the king of Scott. Like, like that's that's like the shit that he clearly fucking loved, yeah. you know, and it's uh. It's it's just pretty, it's it's interesting, but it's also cool. Like, it's probably what makes his punk rock song so good is that 
he's not listening to a lot of punk rock songs to get like the nutrients from the same turds mm-hmm. and you know what i mean like it's like you know you bring in like your own outside influence and that becomes your thing you know yeah. you're the guy who has the punk rock songs that are flavored by your love for ska or whatever yeah especially like just the way they these songs just move so quickly too so many of the parts are just four bars and either pass the mic or go into the chorus or pre-chorus mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know i think with when people talk about like the clash the clash like kind of take their time oh yeah switching in between parts and there's no fat on these rancid songs at all no yeah it's definitely like a different construction mechanism for sure and and like you know this this is a great example of song it's just like this is a song kind of like i would put in the same category as like don't call me white by no effects where like the first time you hear it you're like oh that's a hit and it doesn't even matter if you like it it's like you're like the way it's constructed is like you like it <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like like this isn't my favorite song on this record. I mean, I I, I do actually enjoy it, but and don't call me white is a song I'm not a huge fan of at all. But mm-hmm. like, but I was a like immediately upon hearing those, I was like, those are the big hit songs. Yeah. You know, and there's something to that too. I mean, the, the, there's, there's a lot of swagger in this song. I guess is what I'm getting at. So, like, when this came out, was there a contingency of of punks that were no longer down or were never down with Rancid? Because, I mean, this is... They didn't take, like, the major label money, but there no. there's obviously intentions for this record to reach people in a larger way. I don't remember anybody... Uh, they emerged so fully formed uh-huh. and it would just like seemed like I mean it's like they were on their first album was on Epitaph, you know, their second album's on Epitaph, the third album's on Epitaph, the first seven inches on Epitaph. Like uh it I don't think I think what happened was a lot of people got a completely new idea about what like street punk, for lack of a better term, uh-huh. was all about from Rancid coming out. I don't feel like there was any like of the people from back then who actually looked like the way Rancid did like before them that even like noticed that Rancid existed hardly. Yeah. You know? Um, so. Which is wild. Cause I can't think of another example of like a band that really took that aesthetic and didn't exist within that subgenre. You, you think about like, I guess like the casualties were big, but they were still the casualties and rancid feels like it's just for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and, and like the casualties were like playing to that group of new, newly minted street punks that came out of rancid, like the yeah. casualties did, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like, uh, so like, that whole yeah it's it's fucking weird i mean i guess like you could say it's really 
Propagandy was really kind of playing to like a bro culture thing for a while, like when they yeah. kind of started. And that's really not their thing, <laughs> you know, as if that wasn't obvious. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. But the thing is that that wasn't, it was unbelievably, I mean, fucking slapstick came out and we weren't like part of a ska scene, we were part of a punk scene. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, if you're just er- an early adopter of whatever's going on in terms of when it comes back around again, you will stick out as like, some somebody doing something new you know and that that was rancid for sure like when that when let's go came out and they had that picture on the back and tim's got the liberty spikes is like yeah and the fucking we were like, finger like we were like damn dog oh that shit's like oh they, they've gone full punk <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, I think it's worth pointing out too. This record went fucking gold in 1996. It eventually yeah. goes platinum in like 2005, but this was a huge record when yeah. it came out. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. And like, what the oh, the videos for the next song, right? There um, was yeah, there is a video for Time Bomb. There was one for Roots yeah. Radical too, I believe. Um, and Ruby Soho, but Time Bomb, talk about the fucking King of Ska. That guitar yeah. sounds like it's got four organs inside of it. Yeah, it's like a, amazing, it's like a great, a great porn actor or actress. Four organs inside of it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So Time Bomb. First of all, Slapstick had just written the song um, Crooked. And the chorus is like, I can see right through it that it's scripted to the bone. It's a time bomb. Don't ever be a time bomb. Here we go. And then ska, right? <laughs> and it's a ska right. song. And then like, we're about three months out of having like made that record. And like, we've been playing a song for a while, obviously. And this song comes out, and I'm just like, God damn it, man. Like, nobody's going to believe that we wrote this first. There's, like, there's a 0% chance. And the song is better than ours. Um, that's also another thing. Um, but what I think is very interesting about Time Bomb, and this is um, this is my own amateur detective work at work here, but um, the there's a song on... Let's go near the end, and it's called Motorcycle Ride. Mm-hmm. And I always really liked that song. And um, I don't know the best way to like unravel this this whole mystery. The, I recognized at one point when I was listening to Time Bomb, I'm like, this sounds like the same lyrics as Motorcycle Ride. Like, if you want to make a move, then you better come in. It's ability to reason that we're so thin. And then if you go, and I went back and I listened to Motorcycle Ride, and it was like, if you want to make a move, then you better come in. Just ability to reason that we're so thin. <laughs> Living out a diet and a story that I cheer yourself. Two good lives, knowing that y'all through. All right, all right. And at that point, it becomes obvious he's not saying words anymore. Yeah. Like, he just, like, wrote the first, like, four lines, and which ended up being the opening verse of uh uh of time of time bomb and 
And then, like, the end of that song is like, if you want to make a million, you better come in. Just a billion reason that West out there. If you want to make a million, you better come in. Just a billion reason that West out there. Like, it, it's just like, and which I mean, is that? It's your fucking property, man. You know, you do what you want with it. it it's just like, it's fucking weird, especially to like listen to um, motorcycle ride and get to the point where it's like clearly he's just doing gibberish mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like a demo for his friends that they were like, no, oh, Tim, it's really good. Put it on the record. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, Maxwell murder specifically, like, I don't think he says anything after everyone want to look back. It's like everybody want to get high enough. Yeah, everybody want to get high enough for a moment in time. Raise the paper. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like yeah, yeah. There's, but I, I think that. I mean that this record has a, a lyric sheet in it. Uh, Let's go does not, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. I don't think the like. I think that maybe he's just like gumming his way through like some of these some of these fucking song like songs. But the words, the underlying words exist um, <laughs> back there. I I don't think the underlying words exist. Like I think it's just like. Blah, 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 blah. I always love that Ari from lifetime his words are he'll include some of them in the liner notes and the the rest is just like yeah you're never gonna know i think that that's dope yeah yeah i mean especially because he's hard to understand um that like tim armstrong hard to understand but yeah uh yeah this is a great song um it's it's a weird one fucking simple and like crazy you listen to it and you're like how is this as good as it is on paper it it seems like anybody could do it right well i mean that's like sort of tim's like genius right is it he just knows how to take something very simple and turn it into something like profound and this song is like what i think is really interesting about this one is there's never a grab for like emotional resonance in this song. It's just like, it's just a fucking like, like dub, you know, it's just like, just cruising along. It's like, we're just happy to have you dancing. Like it, it doesn't do the, I mean, like every, every single Rancid song has like that that part that like grabs you by the balls, you know? And, mm-hmm. and this song is just like, no, nah, it's just going to fucking haul ass straight forward, like all the way through. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause I think that like the instinct is to kind of put some sort of conclusion on it. And there's nothing there. It's just, yeah. Like, Here's this I mean, the new King is crowned is like pretty dope. Yeah. It's like got a lot of swagger to it, but like, he was dead a new king of crown but it's like that's just like what's been going on yeah it's just like it's just good lyrics you know um but it never goes to the minor it never like 
descends down to like the the four in order to like create that like emotional tension that's mm-hmm. like you know um i mean the closest thing that it does to that is actually the opposite which is when it goes into the fucking like leslie solo yeah. you know that it's like super like upbeat and happy but um and that's I want, just, I just, yeah that's like that's just passed from Lars's guitar solo which is fucking great yeah. and it's like all right cool now uh, let's let, let the organ take a few bars yeah yeah it's uh which is also pretty cool and i believe that it was like i could be making this up but i believe that's like someone from like Desmond Decker's band or like Teach in the Maytals playing oh. that organ um yeah, that sounds it sounds like it would be because that solo is fucking incredible. Yeah. That's not white boy stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Olympia WA, hanging out with Lars down on 6th Street. Yeah, of course you were. That just seems like something you would be doing, Tim. (laughs) Well, this song is, in my opinion, the best driving song in the world. Um, If you're, like, cruising down the highway and the song is on, you're fucking stoked, man. Um, I drove to Michigan yesterday to buy some pot. And I listened to it twice. And this was definitely the one that, like... Yeah, I listened to this record twice on the drive, but this is the one that was just like, man, music is fucking the best thing that exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is cool. The way... I mean, this song, like... I, this song always makes me think of that one Seinfeld where... Or like I, I believe I could have my characters wrong in this, but so, somebody says something. It's like, yeah, there's two Puerto Ricans. And Elaine's like, I don't think we're allowed to say that. It's like, no, they're from Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that> is... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, 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 that is fine, actually. Um, and it's just like. And you can like absolutely see where somebody would like even bristle it, like Tim saying that ran into three mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans, and it's fucking hilarious. I mean, that's uh, culture gone wild, <laughs> you know, like or lack of culture gone wild, I suppose. Uh-huh. Because like, I don't know, man. We like we talk about this kind of thing all the time, but it's like if you're not like a college educated white person the chances are really great that those little kind of what uh, would be called in a um, sort of teaching kindness class or whatever the fuck you want to say, Mm -hmm. microaggressions 
Right. Not not aggressive <laughs> to people, actually. You know, they, they really make other college educated white people mad. Uh, <laughs> you know, and um I don't know. I, like, I, I don't want to like get on a soapbox about the whole thing. And like, obviously, there are a lot of like truly, like horrendous like microaggressions that are out there that exist. And like a lot of which, a lot of it, I can't even possibly hope to comprehend as a, you know, cis white, uh, middle class man. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, so I'm not. I'm not saying that there's no such thing as like getting like just casually completely bummed out but you know call someone in puerto rico when they're from puerto rico that's fine that's okay (laughs) i love that he like this is another one where he doesn't use that many words like he keeps he'll go back to something burning deep inside of me um Mm -hmm. yeah that chorus when it hits i don't know what it is about this one in particular but it's just there's so much emotion to it. There's a really good like higher harmony that's like a little bit distant that you yeah. can hear on the rest of the record. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's also interesting is that like this is like where it starts to become obvious that like this record takes place all over the United States and in some places the like Maxwell murder is obviously British mm-hmm. right because 999 is the 911 of the UK right yeah. uh, um, I'm saying that for our fans I know you know Tim you're very astute uh, <laughs> but like uh, you know but that's that's like a little bit more like of an esoteric thing but this is like we've just gotten out of downtown Campbell Benzinato mm-hmm. you know and then uh you gotta figure the fucking tie bombs must somebody in Long Beach, right? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and then and then like all of a sudden here we are in New York, like longing to be in Washington state. And and like and it, it just like all the geography that keeps popping up throughout this record, like ironically like solidifies it as like its own place, you know? Like yeah like it, it gives a real specificity even as like every song's not uh to use a totally random example about chicago and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like uh um like it still is like it's very much grounded in things that i don't believe are real i think the whole album is a work of fiction but at the same time it sounds real. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Cause there's, you know, a reference to like 1982 New York that you made not too long ago. And like the scenes that he's setting up in, in this song. Yeah. Just feel like a sort of American city collage. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine 1994 Lars Fredrickson and Tim Armstrong walking down 6th Street in Manhattan? Uh, it, no fucking way, dude. <laughs> Did not happen. <laughs> like, like, 
how'd they get there? They both would have had to lay down in the back of two different taxis to get there with their fucking mohawks <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is like, it's like, yeah, Bleecker Street, but like, you know, Bleecker Street, not Bleecker Street that we're actually on right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, um, yeah, it, it, it's just funny, but it sounds real and it sounds cool. And if it's not real, it doesn't make it any less awesome. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. I like, I almost get the feeling that it's like, I do actually know this. I can't remember who told me. Maybe it was even Fat Mike. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to throw him under the bus if it wasn't him, but, uh, that like when Tim was writing the song Detroit, you know, and he had that chorus like, got a good feeling about a bad city tonight. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yo, what's a, what's a fucked up city? <laughs> and somebody was like, Detroit. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And like, that's exactly how I feel about this. It's like, where would I... Yo, what's the place that's not really far away from New York City that you'd like to go back to? It's really nice. Where do you like to go? Uh, Olympia, Washington. That's where my parents live. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's like the vibe I get. I'm honestly kind of talking out of my ass because I don't know. I mean, for all I know, him and Lars used to hang out down on... um, fuck sixth street all the time and walk up to 52nd and broadway and um you know lament all the taxis that would not pick them up uh and then fucking talk about how they wanted to go back to <laughs> olympia washington um which is interesting too because like it, like the and this is one of those things about i think a lot of rancid songs that is so interesting is that like it doesn't hold up to a lot of scrutiny. It doesn't have to, but it's like, what's in Olympia? Like nothing. Like there, there's no, <laughs> there's not like a riot girl. Like, but maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it sounds like he's having a pretty good fucking time in New York. Uh, you know, play pinball, fucking hanging out with Lars, hanging out with the Puerto Ricans. It's fucking New York city. Yeah, they went to a fun house, (laughs) you know, like, it doesn't sound that bad, Um, but yet he'd rather be in Olympia. I mean, I suppose the implication is, it's a theater of the mind thing, right? That's like what you do. You go like, man, back there, something's waiting for me. It's like, what is it? A child, uh, a, a chick, like. Your, your home like it could be anything right you know right. what i mean and then like you don't have to say much but that's like you, you know the uh just a quick aside like the song radio um the first version is very fast mm-hmm. and it's fucking way cooler than the second version i think yeah it doesn't have the uh what i got the music i got a place to go but like it doesn't have that like outro on it. Mm-hmm. It's just like two blast speed verses, two choruses, and it's like, all right. And it's it's dope. And so like when Let's Go came out, we heard the new version of radio. 
it was like it sounded like a little bit slow and sluggish at first mm-hmm. and um i was have thought about this like one summer night i was drinking with my dad he tried to give me love that i never had but he's your dad <laughs> so if, if he's like isn't that the but he gave my love to his bottle of wine. So I had to go out and find love of another kind. Like, what is going on there? They're, they're like, they're, they're so, it's, it's got like the, you know, my old man's a drinker. Uh, he never loved me, but it's also like, he did love me. And, uh, you know, and I had something else to do. And it, it's just like, it's, it's like, but it's so vague. It's just like, it's part of his genius, really, is painting in these like broad strokes that allow you to fill in the story however you want to fill it in. Yeah. Unless you like sit there and really like think too hard about it, in which case, <laughs> quit being such a fucking Poindexter, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. No, enjoy it's, it. That it's like a small bit of like dot connecting that, I don't know, like applying it to a lot of these songs, I think that there's a timelessness that exists in just how broad everything is painted. Yeah, for sure. And But it's weird because, again, it's like three Puerto Ricans took us to the fun house and played uh-huh. a lonely pinball machine at 52nd and Broadway. It's like there's a lot of real specificity going on, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's, a quite a, it's quite a needle threading that's happening there. Um, I, I think that like the guitar solo, the guitar intro is fucking great too, but the mm-hmm. solo I think is one of, one of Lars's best moments on the whole record. And it's just so like, first thing that comes to mind, Lars's solos are like, so many of them are just like Chuck Berry based. Oh yeah. And I just, I love that because it doesn't feel fussed over. He's so adept that it's like whatever you throw to him, he can put something on there that you're going to instantly like recognize, but it's still inventive. It's still cool. It's got a great tone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's just, what he has is like that soul, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's like what, and I think that, I don't know. I've never listened to like the bastards. Um, Okay. I get the feeling that a lot of his soul comes from like being next to Tim and like that kind of like, cause Tim is like Lint King of Ska, you know? And it's like, you get that, you get that feel when you're mm. like, when I'm around funny people, I'm funnier. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, and, and, and I, I think that's the same kind of thing. It's like he, he taps into that soul in, in a way. But yeah. I mean, this guitar solo is great. There's some other ones on here that are really, really great. And oh, bah, bah, bah. yeah, that's so good, man. I love this song. It's one I of my love, faves. Yeah. I have a vision of like Lars joining the band and, and Tim Armstrong just giving him a jukebox and just be like, <laughs> hang out by this for a few hours and just learn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, there's 19 fucking songs on this record. We we can't do all of them to the extent that we're going to do. We talked 
I like Lockstep and Gone. It's fun. It's it's a great song. It's um very short. Um, it's probably Lars's best like solo work on here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, but no, I guess I guess I guess Tim's on this too. Yeah, fear is a fear. It's just telling you to move. Yeah, but I think of this as a Lars song. He's so good, fucking yeah. Um, Junkie Man's got the Jim Carroll thing. I've, I've been thinking about Jim Carroll a lot, like in talking about this, just because I think Jim Carroll's New York is a part of the New York that we're uh, talking about. For sure, for sure. And and also, like, um, this song kind of stinks. Uh, th- yeah, th- th- it's, th- it's a little like what, what, like when I first heard this, and it was like. I first heard this record and I was like, I kind of like most of it. I mean, you know, there's, they're not, they're not all happy days, Marge. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. But like, it's like the batting average is so high that a song like this and it's like the way he pinches every song, every line at the end. Like, it's just like, it's kind of a bummer. And then when they're like, yeah, Rance is putting out a, a single, it's for Junkie Man. And I was like, it's for what? For are real? You, are you fucking kidding me? Like, of all the fucking songs on this record, of all the beautiful, amazing, genre-defining songs, we're doing Junkie Man, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I mean... I mean, I hate the whole thing. I like, I hate the pre-chorus. Like, uh, no, I don't know what to do. Go from there. Oh, I like that part. Um, yeah, well, that's the best part of the song. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But well, I mean, the best part of the song is is Jim Carroll actually. But and then and then it like breaks down for the chorus, like the junkie man. Tell me what your story is. And it's a junkie man. I don't, I don't know. It, <laughs> I feel like it's a fucking swing for the fences and a, and a miss, you know? It's a pop fly. Mm-hmm. Um, Listed MIA, that's that's a Lars track. Oh, that's, that's yeah. Very yeah. strong. His vocals are fantastic. I like the lyrics on this one a lot, even like to the hard F. I mm-hmm. think that's... Um, that's something that probably happened in real life on this record. Yeah, totally. Like if, if there's anybody that's ever been called a faggot, it's fucking six foot five, 300 pound Lars Fredrickson covered in face tattoos, <laughs> walking down the street, the fucking lion's mane of Liberty spikes. Totally. I, I, I can't imagine it not happening. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go back to zero percent chance that happened. <laughs> Ruby Soho, this was my fucking track. Nine years old, nine years old. Put it on a mixtape. Um, it's still one of my favorite songs of all time. Love the fact that the bass is so loud on it because there's really no like guitar hook at all, and this is yeah. a single, so. It, just fucking turn that bass all the way up. And I love that just like 
falls and it's just little yeah and, little and like and tim's like like this is like his fucking sweet spot is like singing over like broken almost nothing mm-hmm. um instrumentation you know like his voice is like broken almost nothing uh vocal instrumentation in, in a way and and it just sounds so good um the the chorus is like big and sweeping it's not my favorite chorus i feel like say ruby maybe a few too many times but uh <laughs> um but that, that was my thought when i was like when i was you know a teenager i was like damn they really say ruby quite a few times there <laughs> But I love the the like breakdown of just Ruby 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 Soho, and then it just keeps going when mm-hmm. the chorus comes back in, and it's still in time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is a great song. Um. It's not my favorite on the record, but it is like Ruby's heart is beating. She knows the feeling is gone. Mm-hmm. Like that—that's that shit is really quite good. I, I, I like. She's um, not the only one that knew that. There's something. This is the song, right? You think this is the one, or is it Roots Radical? For like what people think of when they think of Rancid. God, it's hard to say, man. I mean, I think Time Bomb is a good choice there. I think this is definitely a good choice. Maxwell Murder is actually a really good choice also. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that we have not gotten to yet, which is what I think of when I think of Rancid. So my favorite song on this record. It's not Daily City Train. It's not Daily City Train. I don't really but like that song. Z- is that next? I like Daily City Train. Yeah, chorus is good. Everything else is kind of yeah. No, I like I, I like the intro. Like he was a poet, an artist, and a poet, and a friend. It's like I kind of like that kind of like jangly shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean it's a good song. This is actually the point where I think the record kicks up a humongous notch. I think that like, I think that there's a few songs on the front half that are like real good. Olympia, uh, Maxwell Murder, um, and then I think there's a lot of stuff that's like, I want to say like fan service kind of shit. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of here where I'm like. Daily City Train is the one I'm like, this sounds like an Operation Ivy song or like an old Rancid song. Um, I don't know. I like it. We don't We don't have to like the same things. <laughs> I think that's a good point, though, about the like shit really kicking up. And I, I feel like it's easy to compare like this track listing to London Callings, just for all of the reasons and London calling like there's a, there's a pretty hard dip that happens around this time and <laughs> no dips, no dips. Once that fucking 
bass starts going on Journey to the End. Do you know that the song is about Operation Ivy? Um, and that is a who again? Uh, a, they started in 87, ended in 89. That's my theory, is that this okay. is about Operation Ivy. Yeah, um, this song is fucking awesome, man. Um, it, it's it's so good, and it's like, yeah, it's like I, I feel like they set the table with Daily City Train to like take you on like a journey of the East Bay. At this point, it was like we were over here in New York, and now we're like back in the Bay with like Jackal and a beer in his hand, and and like we're going to the end of the fucking East Bay, and and I mean, yeah, the baseline at the beginning is awesome. The the whole the whole romance of the song is like it could be really cheesy and it's somehow only kind of cheesy like uh yeah like i mean that shit like hell no no premonition could have seen this it's like it's pretty pretty dope man and then like man came from far away from New Orleans into the East Bay. <laughs> Said this is a Mecca. Said this is a Mecca man. This place is fucked. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the follow up to that too of just like, you know, Maddie said, fool me once. Shame on you, don't fool me twice. He went back to New Orleans. Like, yeah. hell yeah. There's the story. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like, um, another one that I'm like, that didn't happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he just like, what? He's like, that's the whole tale. Guy came mm-hmm. to New, the guy came from New Orleans to Berkeley, and was like, this place is amazing. And Tim's like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went back home. <laughs> It's truly not. You sh- you <laughs> might as well just go back to New Orleans. Yeah, I love the um, opening line to like reconcile to the belief consumed in sacred ground for me. It's like that's beautiful. Yeah, that it, it, <laughs> kind of at odds with this ain't no Mecca man. This place is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I, not that I'm trying to like fucking fact check art, like that's kind of a stupid thing to do, but uh, it is funny um, to think about. And, and like, I again, I just think so much of this stuff is very fictive and it doesn't take away from the, the fact that it doesn't matter that I don't believe it's true is a testament to how good it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, she's on a Matic, a little love song. <laughs> this is Lars's best song. That's right. It's a great song. It's so good. It, it, this is an awesome song. When she moves, yeah. When she moves, yeah. Yeah, I mean that shit is dang, 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 dang. It's it's just so good, and it's like now we've already talked about it as long as the song is, you know. <laughs> I know. A, it's just it's just in and out so fast and it's so I think it's my favorite song by Lars, period. Um really like Saint Mary on Let's Go. Oh, Mary's on the door with a loaded forty four. 
that's for me i'm always a fan too of like when it, it's not it's not easy but when you can get um you know just that like wailing guitar solo to the end like taking it home if mm -hmm. the vibe is right fucking i get so stoked on that I yeah yeah bending the fuck out of that thing yeah I but yeah, this is a this is a great song. I love I love this one. Uh, let's skip old friend. I don't, I don't really think we have anything to say about that. <laughs> That's the song I think of when I think of Rancid. Um, to me, this is like, even though it's a ska song, even though it's not that much of a ska song, like if you listen to it during the verses, they're downstroking. Yeah, it's really it's really a. Uh, I don't know what to call it. It's it's fascinating to me. Like, you're, you're, it's like a, it, it's like one of those like olfactory illusions where like you like get a smell and then you think like you're doing something else that, than you're doing. I don't I don't know how to like really describe this very well, but like it starts out with like a little bit of ska and it's like oh yeah ska song and then like if you listen to it back, it's like that wasn't a ska song at all. That's like it's it's kind of just like a punk song. But this is the best song on this record. This is the best ska song, I think, that I've ever heard. Um, it's one of the best punk or punk-adjacent songs I've ever heard. Um, it is the chorus, just being a Billie Holiday reference, is fucking so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Awesome. Good morning, heartache. Sit down. That's a Billy Holiday's big hit. Hell yeah. We're back in Cleveland at this point. <laughs> like, which is crazy. Story, like goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just like I mean, I feel like I feel like this story actually there is something there. It sounds to me like he's in Cleveland. How's how's the blacktop cold, but the concrete's hot? <laughs> I, never, I can't do that too much. <laughs> uh, that's fucking weird. Uh, but like, I, I feel like, yeah, no. I mean, there's 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 nothing going on here. I mean, it's like a, kind of about fucking a girl in a van, but like then that being like, I can't. But then. Also, that's not going on in Cleveland because he kind of goes, I always go out. I never had but in Cleveland. I should have stayed inside. Like, uh, so it's like not going on in Cleveland. This is a great example of just like putting together words that create like a, a vibe that's so good that it doesn't fuck me for even trying to think through it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like like it's it's so perfect and it's so great and the the fucking bridge in this song is just the greatest like yeah yeah it, it's 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 you know what I, I spent a lot of time saying i think that the bridge in um the obituaries is the best bridge in in any song ever Mm -hmm. and it's not as good as this one mm -hmm. it is the second best bridge ever mm -hmm. because this is the best bridge the 
Someone in America. Bro, the city at night. We were far from home, but you know, it's gonna be all right. And then, and then, and then a fucking guitar solo. And then the last verse is fucking so killer. And it's like, I don't know what he does, but that verse is like a little more melancholic sounding. Mm-hmm. Like if there's like a, a fucking like minor backup on the fucking organ or something like that, it like gives it like a much more like resonantly sad sound, but Vulture kept complaining about Vulture's eyes and six. Oh, that's the, that's the fucking, um, that's the fucking line that I get wrong, but my version is, is cooler, right? Because I always thought it said a Vulture can't complain about Vulture's eyes, which to me is like so fucking kick ass because that's like, if you're, sitting there waiting for someone to die you can't fuck with this motherfucker sitting there waiting for you to die yeah. you know like like mm-hmm. I, I just i just thought that was just like such a bad like if you're if you're just sitting there waiting to take advantage mm-hmm. sorry buddy you're like you got nothing to say to this guy but that's not what it says at, at all um i guess i must have been on a, another interview i did or something but I don't know what it really says. I always hear um, on time, um, he's only one years old. He's running numbers from the book. <laughs> oh, damn. He was doing it young. <laughs> Once he could start walking, he started running numbers for the bar. Um, Disorder and disarray. I love the verses. I'm, I'm kind of iffy on the chorus. That's but, the Crucify Me song, right? Oh, yeah. no, that's Crucified. It is the same one? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the bridge, once again, in this one is great. Um, um, unfortunate get preyed on by Vulture's Eyes. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's not as good. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let me rewrite one single line for you, man. Uh, no, um, <laughs> yeah, um, genius. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, disorder, disarray. I'm not crazy about their song at all. Um, I think it sounds kind of cock rocky, but that like East Bay, away. That part is kind of cool. Like, like when it really breaks down. Um, um, like with the Lars and Tim back and forth. No, 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 no. Like right before that, it like goes into this like very beautiful like yeah. kind of like reggae-ish part, and it's it's really the part is really good. Um, th- this was a song that I was like saying like to Matt Stamps. I was like, that this song fuck sucks, and he's like, yeah, but what about this part? And I was like. Oh, you know what? I was so like put off by the chorus that I didn't even notice that this part was in the song at first. You yeah, know, sure. and 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 like I don't dislike it now, um, like the way I used to when I was young and had feelings about stuff. But like, uh, oh yeah, that like 
Lars, we really dropped the bomb. <laughs> yeah, Tim, they had us pegged on. It's like, shut up. Like, I, I, <laughs> I mean, like, I just, you know, put like 35 songs on an album without a couple of fucking missteps. And it's like, they are like revolutionizing a genre. So, <laughs> you know, they're like, they're like, we're going to do everything from the past and we're going to bring it all to the future. And then we're still going to be our own thing. It's like, the, like the, the Hadron Collider sometimes malfunctions you know what i mean like it's, yeah. it's totally it's totally acceptable war's end i like this song i don't love not, it not for me this one's not for me at all um i, I don't need it it's like you take this off the record I, I, disorder and disarray is more important place on this record than this this is just like a billy bragg like fucking worship thing which is great um, Billy Bragg's awesome, but there's already a Billy Bragg, you know. <laughs> like that's what that's what Danny said when we first heard AFI. He goes, "Does this guy know there's already a Danzig?" Which <laughs> 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 I thought was pretty funny, and it maintains being very funny to this day. Uh, <laughs> um. You don't care nothing. The song's so fucking good. This song is awesome. Yeah, and this one is this is a great example of that back and forth where, you know, like when Tim comes in, do you really want to know what's happening? Yeah, do you really want to know what's going on? And it's like fuck yeah. I like it. It's like I don't know what the fuck this song's about because none of it seems to have anything to do with any Jenny DeMilo except for the fucking chorus, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, like, I don't even... What the fuck is he even saying, man? It's like, so you high, find out for yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> find out for yourself that you don't care about Yeah, me. Yeah, I, I mean, like... Um, but, yeah, this is great, and... You know, that like about me, about is awesome. And it's also like, it's kind of like the logical conclusion of like where less than Jake could potentially go in terms of like sounding like badass. Like it, it, it reminds me of a less than Jake part a little bit, just like the, with the repetitive nature of it. Mm -hmm. and, and like also sort of like the affect that Lars is like, apply to his vocal is like very similar to how i feel like chris kind of like yeah whoa, like kind of kind of shit right. you know and, and like and i don't know just it's just like like listen jay could cover this song and it would be good i guess is where where i'm at with this yeah totally i love that bass intro too just that really high up yeah yeah yeah, it's it's cool. As Wicked, As Wicked's a good song. Um, it's not a great one. No, it's this is um, this is kind of like it's it's not bad. It's, it it holds a it holds a place of being in between. You don't care nothing and avenues and alleyways. 
Yeah. Which is just fucking, I feel like this should be the last song on the record, even though the way I feel is really good. This one feels like such a call to arms. It feels like it's like yeah. a good conclusion yeah. to this uh, scope of America that we've seen. Totally. And and this one is, is so if I'm going to go back to doing my like punk and drublet uh, outcome, the wolves comparison, this is like the bruise of yeah. this record where it's like, you don't have to like it, but you have to recognize that it like is doing something that's maybe not for you, but it's being done very well. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm like, this isn't one of the songs that like I would put on if I was putting on Outcome the Wolves. You know, I wouldn't put on Avenues and Alleyways. Or, you know, like more likely I would skip it. In fact, but it's first of all, there's a huge contingent of like rancid supporters, and I'm using football terms on purpose, who are. Uh, skinheads <laughs> you know and, and like this is like the shit this is like yo like this one's for the ladies this one's for the skinheads it's <laughs> for the dweebs you know it is a weird thing with like always where i feel like i have to like like come to terms with their existence on a record yeah i mean an always really really good when done ironically yeah um done sincerely not really for me but you know oh, what the chorus comes in though the little battering ram coming through yeah. to you like yeah it's um and that's um a reference from their first seven inch um that was matt freeman's song oh hell yeah veteran ram i never put those two together yeah 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 um all right the way i feel this is another good one of um lars says something tim says something that like kind of feels like he heard what lars said yeah, this song is just like it feels tacked on to me. Like, like you said, it's just uh, it's it's it seems like it was like he had that like say that I'm different, say that I'm different. Only thing different is what I feel about you, and then and that part's like pretty cool, and then they're like. Yeah, and then just like whatever around it, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, like it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it, and like we've been talking a lot about like the sort of I don't want to say slapdash nature of this because that's obviously meticulously constructed because it's a fucking work of genius, mm -hmm. but, but this one seems pretty fucking slapdash to me. Like it, it's, it's just like, and, and then they just like kind of through it at the end it's like i i almost wonder if it was like a like some like make a wish foundation kid wrote this song or some shit i don't know <laughs> this is my my last my last wish eight <laughs> years old 
<laughs> I have leukemia and I wrote this song and I want Rancid to perform it. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah, Good nah, nah, wish. I don't need na na nas in my life. No, na nas are like I don't. I, yeah, na na nas are not that great. Uh, what I'm really much more into is do do do's. If you're gonna do like something, do do do's are good. Well, I mean, I I do 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 do's in uh the Akron River song. Yeah, but that song's not very good. It's like it, because it sounds just so. I feel like do do do's sound so dripping with sarcasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, like the there's that song by um, Bear versus Shark. You remember that band? Mm-hmm. Um, called Buses No Buses. Mm-hmm. And I think. The, and it was like. And it's just like, dude, you're fucking killing it right now. This is awesome. <laughs> like, it's so fucking weird sounding. And it's just like, yeah. Oh, it's not Akron River at all. It's fucking Rabbit and the Rooster, where I do the do's. Oh, that is a good song. You're right. <laughs> This is our podcast. It's called Road to the Skeleton Coast. His name is Brendan, and he's my best friend. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash better sandwich. If you want to help us continue to keep doing what we do, it's a fun place to hang out. It's only seven bucks a month. What more could you ask for? That's right. Brendan. That's right. It's a damn pleasure, as always. The last thing I should mention mm. is that uh, I uh, I have a band called The Falcon, and we um, ripped off the album cover of this record, which was ripped off of a Minor Threat uh, album cover. Um, true. Yeah. So, um, lest you think that I'm just bullshitting with my affection for this particular um, collection of songs. Uh, no, I'm not. That is all. Subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Give us a rating and a review. Five stars would be ideal. We'll be back next week. We look forward to it. We'll see you then. Thank you, friends. Bye.